welcome to Long Story Short Podcast, where we reveal short stories of an active, living God who shows up in everyday life. You paid the price for all the world to me. You paid the price for all the world to see. And for those who choose you now, Shalom. Welcome back to LongStoryShortPodcast.com. This is podcast number three. Lisa and I have been working to keep the content stream going by talking to friends, family, and coworkers about having them record their stories for LongStoryShortPodcast.com because we want to keep that great content coming your way on a regular basis. And in order to do that, we need to try and work ahead so that we establish a regular cadence for building the podcast library. We've learned a lot about this technology as we work on the podcast uh, and in the process itself of putting it together. And one of the things we've learned is that not everyone knows what a podcast is. Um, If you're under 30, uh, this technology is not new to you. It's been around for over 10 years, actually. But because of the um, uh, the ubiquitous nature of uh, smart devices, uh, tablets, and such, uh, mobile uh, technology has really uh, propelled uh, podcasting, and so um, it's becoming more and more popular. Um, you don't need a smart device to listen to podcasts, but mobile uh, really is kind of built for it for one basic reason, and that is because podcasts are what's called on-demand audio. So kind of think of it the way you think of your on-demand video that you get through Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu, or however you stream your TV content, which is becoming more and more popular these days. Uh, Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because uh, we're learning, as we learn about the process for creating good content and the effort it takes to put it together, we want you to know that it's really fun. We really enjoy it, um, and we enjoy working with people to get their stories together and have them tell it in their own words. And, of course, we want the information, we want the stories to glorify God. And we hope that you'll like this website, and we want to get your feedback on it. And, of course, we hope you'll tell your friends about it. And if they ask what a podcast is, just tell them it's on-demand audio. It's what you like when you want it. The other thing is that we're not marketing the website. It's all word of mouth via Facebook and Twitter right now. So if you like something, we would love it if you would share it forward. Um, And the other thing is, is that we have a good friend, uh, Les Elias, who is uh, graciously um, donated his music uh, as the bumper music that we've been using for the podcasts. Uh, We encourage you to click on uh, the link that's on the website itself, and you can check out his latest CD there, which is where the music is coming from. Uh, So we really appreciate that. Thanks, Les, for uh, allowing us to uh, utilize um, the great music that uh, Sons of Avi is putting out. We really appreciate it. And now I'll turn this over to Lisa to introduce our next story. It seems the longer you live, the more you realize this life can be difficult. 
We know too many people who are experiencing painful struggles, illness, tragedy, chronic pain, and betrayals. We face some of those things even in just the last year. Okay, you may be thinking this is going to be a real downer of a podcast, but wait. Michael's story is the perfect example of what God is so good at, taking the worst of life and redeeming it, just like he redeems us. Michael's been on quite a journey, and we're honored to share it with you. While it will hit everyone differently, people who have experienced some form of post-traumatic stress disorder may be particularly touched by it. Listen to how God met Michael uniquely in the struggle. So church has been something, you know, as far back as I can remember. My parents always made sure when we moved to a new town that the family found a church home. And it was really our way to integrate ourselves into the new community. But, you know, faith-based topics stayed at church. And we didn't talk in the language of faith after Sunday service when we left the four walls of church. And likewise, my faith was compartmentalized. You know, I kept God in a box and for the most part, you know, I liked the direction my life was going. You know, academics were going well, and I had a scholarship to attend Purdue to study engineering. Uh, but that changed on October 16th, 1996. It was a, a typical fall day on campus, uh, but I had returned back from class, and I saw yellow police tape around my dormitory entrances at Wiley Hall and quickly learned that Jay Severson, one of the re resident assistants, was fatally shot. Uh, apparently, the shooter was a freshman who earlier in the week left campus after Jay found cocaine in his dorm room, and uh, the freshman only returned with ill intentions, and it was a single lethal point-blank blast to the face with a 12-gauge sawed-off shotgun. And after the student shot Jay, he barricaded himself in his room and committed suicide. Uh, Sean Nyquist, you know, talks about brokenness in her essay, Thin Places. Um, brokenness can bring you to that sacred place where God's breath and touch are closer than our own skin. And she continues that heartbreak brings us to a lot of places, to despair, to bitterness, to emptiness, to numbness, to isolation. But because God is just that good, and if we allow that people will love us, to walk with us right through the brokenness. It can also lead to a deeper sense of God's presence. Uh, when things fall apart, the broken places allow all sorts of things to enter, and one of them is the presence of God. You know, at that time, after that, my world was shaken, and you know, looking back, I would say part of me died that day as well. The, there were emotional wounds at work deep inside me, tremendous false guilt, and what would, would be a long journey of giving grace to myself. In the months after Jay's death, there were indeed very loud voices that I heard that no one else could. Uh, I knew the voices were false because they said words to me that God wouldn't say. And I'm thankful for that. I had enough grounding in my faith at that time to understand this. And without grounding in his word, my healing would have taken much longer or worst case, not happened at all. And it was during this time I started to pray. I mean, really pray. I mean, I knew about prayer, but I never needed prayer. Sometimes it takes great suffering for one to learn to pray for yourself. Up until that time, I instinctively wanted to eliminate helplessness before coming to God. 
And once I learned how to pray, then I learned how to endure. In another one of Shauna's essays, Phoenix, you know, I agree with her that, quote, it's sloppy theology to think that all suffering is good for us and that it's a result of sin. All suffering can be used for good over time, after mourning and healing by God's graciousness. But sometimes it's just plain loss, not because you need it to grow, not because life or God or anything is teaching you any kind of lesson. The trick is learning um, knowing the difference between the two. There must have been something I wasn't learning in my suffering. I mean, I coped my suffering by comparing, you know, what, what, I, what I was going through. And to me, it looked pretty small to other people's struggles and to the world. So like, oftentimes I thought to myself, you know, God, don't worry about me, just go help them. You know, looking back, there was this unnecessary guilt that I continued to carry. It's as if I went from going from um, keeping God in the box and looking to him when I needed to. And now I've left him out of the box and wanted him in all facets of my life, but I felt guilty that he wanted to be with me. So, you know, go help others instead. And it wasn't until many years later, I think maybe a little more than a decade when I came across Stephen Roy's book titled When God Thinks When We Fail, which provided a key piece of the puzzle I was missing to let go of this false guilt. And quote, emotional trauma is real and the need to cope is great. But a crucial step in the process is to realize that being sinned against is not sinful. Anger, sadness, frustration, and many other emotions may be felt, but guilt need not be one of them. As we continue to be renewed in our minds by the truth that not all our failures are sinful, we can move beyond false guilt. So my journey with the Lord continues, you know, even to this day and through his grace, he has shown me that there's life after death. So, you know, Heavenly Father, just thank you for your love that's abundant for all who seek you. Thank you for letting hardship occur and the loss I survived. There are lessons that have allowed me to persevere future life challenges and not punishment and guilt for things in my mind. Thank you for providing the memory so that I can understand and empathize with others who need prayer. And only through loving ourselves can we begin to understand that love is your greatest gift of all to share with one another and not to keep in a box. Amen.
And true. And worship you in spirit and truth. And worship you in spirit and truth.